What did you like about Pap? Well, I liked him. He used to play the fiddle. Mm. Um, he was really nice to me. He was nicer to me than anybody else I ever went with. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably one of the things that attracted me the most was how how attracted he was to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. How how good he was to me. We actually call her grandmother Yingying which is the Chinese word for grandmother on the father's side of the family. Uh, I called him, I call him Grandpa Foot. We, in our native language, in Hindi, we call them Dada and Dadi. My other grandmother would be Maman Bazur, which is Persian for grandmother. Which is true, means old woman in Rwanda. I called her Safta, which is a Hebrew word for grandma. Everybody called her Mami Tita. We called her Mima, Mima and Dada. Grandma. Hi, I'm Steph. And I'm Robin. Welcome to Stories from Grandparents, the podcast where we share stories about and from grandparents. On today's episode, you'll be hearing about love stories from grandparents. So I actually have uh, my own love story to share with you today, and you're going to have to pretend like you've never heard it before. Okay. Um, so my mother's parents, they lived and met in Edmonston, New Brunswick, and they uh, met working at a hardware store. And so they started dating. And at some point, the way that I've heard the story is that my grandfather was in the hospital. And I can't remember if it was like getting his appendix removed or he like had gone to an accident or broken a leg. I can't remember, but he was in the hospital. And so my grandmother... Uh, went to visit him. And so she took the bus and she got on the bus and she ran into a friend of hers. We'll call her Doris because I don't remember what her name is. It's but good, It's a good old lady name. Exactly. Yeah. It goes with the time. So she runs into Doris and, uh, you know, they sit together and, you know, catch up or whatever. And eventually my grandmother was like, oh, where are you heading? And Doris says, I'm going to the hospital. And she said, oh, yeah, right. Like, I'm going to the hospital. And then my grandmother was like, who are you going to see? And Doris said, oh, I'm going to visit my boyfriend. And my grandmother was like, oh, me too. And then I think it was by the time they got to the hospital, they realized they were going to see the same person. They were both dating my grandfather and visiting him at the same time. I don't know how he did not consider this as a possibility, but they essentially confronted him while he was laid up in the hospital bed um, and made him choose. And uh, luckily for me and my existence, uh, he chose my grandmother. Yeah, lucky for me too. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, where would this podcast be? (laughs) That's a good story though. That's really cute. I like that. That is nice. And they ended up having a pretty... I mean, nice and and tough at times marriage, but overall, they they had a lot of love for each other. Nice. Our first guest is my grandmother, who we call Nan, who talks about how she met my grandfather, who we call Pap. Why don't you tell me about how you and Pap met? Pap met? Well, after I, I worked at the Air Force Base in Chatham, I didn't like it there at all anyway. And uh, my girlfriend, Stella, she was down in Moncton. And uh, I went to Moncton 
to get a job. And I got a job at the bank. And lo and behold, there I got Pat. Yeah. And he was working and, there too? Yeah. He actually hired me. Oh. So he was into motorcycles. Love motorcycles. So he asked me to go out. He was going to do some racing this day. So away we go. Dad and Mom never liked me going on the motorcycle, but we did. We went out, and he would. He had his motorcycle, and he would race it. Mm-hmm. That was his big thing. And then they'd spend all this time fixing them, and he was with his buddies there. We met in May, and we got married in December. June, July, August, September, seven months. Oh, seven months, yeah. 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 So... He had gotten a transfer, so, you know, he wanted me to go down, and in those days, you didn't stay together, you know. Mm -hmm. It's quite acceptable now, but, I mean, at that point, it wasn't. So we got married in Beta Vin. Yeah. So we went. It's hard to look back and think that it's been this long. So that was in 1959. You got married? Married in 1959, December. I guess I didn't make too many mistakes there, did I? Nope, nope, still together. Going strong. (laughs) Our next story is from Jill and Trevor, uh, friends of mine from New Brunswick that we interviewed together, and they told us a story about how their grandparents got married. father used to go down early in the morning and start the fire in the, in the schoolhouse, the one-room schoolhouse. Um, but I believe he quit school around grade seven, grade six, grade seven, um, because he, he told, from what he told me, he just had no interest in it anymore. Mm-hmm. And he decided he'd rather have money than, than continue uh, going to school. But when uh, my, my grandmother and my grandfather were married in 45, Joe? Yeah. yeah, yeah, 45. My grandfather was in the Army. He tried to get in twice before he was accepted, but he had, uh, the first time he had that blue pleurisy, and they, they rejected him, which in those days, uh, you know, there's there's many stories of, you know, the young men, you know, even going as far as committing suicide, not even be, being able to join the Army. Mm-hmm. But uh, my grandfather was rejected again for a stomach issue. But the third time he got in, I mean, he was at the camp uh, in Nova Scotia to Burt, uh, he trained there. He, I remember him telling me, well, even to this day, he still talks about it, uh, doing drills down around Fredericton, around the exhibition grounds and places like that. But he was stationed in Debert, and I remember him telling me he went AWOL to marry my grandmother. <laughs> so oh, wow. he uh, he jumped the train, came to Fred. Yeah, he jumped the train, came to Fredericton, got married to my grandmother, and uh, he was here. Their honeymoon was, I think, like a Sunday night. So they, <laughs> so they spent like two or three days together total and uh then obviously he had to go back or or go to jail so he went back and i remember him telling me that uh his his commanding officer his ceo when he got there questioned him about why he left and he's like oh i went home and got married he's like oh congratulations don't do it again (laughs) oh wow do you know how old they would have been when they got married my grandfather would have been 23 Uh my grandmother joe how old 17 17 oh wow 
Yeah, so they're quite young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, and little did anybody know, or I guess they probably knew, but one of the reasons he probably went AWOL was because she was already pregnant, <laughs> oh, <there laughs> as many go. of the, the old gals were back in the day. Mm-hmm. So um, she was already pregnant, and she used to joke that the first baby can come anytime, and after that it takes nine months. To add to Jill's uh, story about my uncle, their firstborn, uh, we didn't know that she was, it was always kind of kept hush-hush. They didn't say anything. Like, my grandparents didn't show affection in public. It was more, you know, behind closed doors. But we had their 50th anniversary uh, when we were younger. It was uh, at Victoria Hall in New Maryland. And I remember we were standing kind of all around. And uh, they had said, oh, what date were you, were you married? And they, and they told the date. And we all kind of looked at my uncle, and we're just kind of like, so you were... We kind of all figured out that my grandmother was pregnant, like a shotgun wedding type thing. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was pregnant while they got married. And I remember her just looking over at everybody, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, it was kind of a cute story. Yeah, that is cute. <laughs> And now you're going to hear from Natalie, who uh, tells the story of her grandparents, but she talks about a different kind of commitment, uh, a commitment that can last even when a marriage doesn't. So I was closest with my with my dad's dad. Yeah. When I was really young, my dad had gone away to university and my mother and I lived with, with my dad's parents till I was about, I don't know, four or five. So I became pretty close with them. You know how they always say, like, you will either fall in love with someone who reminds you of your parent or, or someone who's really opposite and your mm-hmm. parent. So my dad was gone for the first couple of years. He was in university. So I, I, I fell in love with someone who was exactly like my grandfather. So my, my grandfather was the kind of person that would wear like cords in July. And my husband, Danny, definitely wears cords in July. My grandpa was also very calm and like a quiet thinker, didn't feel the need to argue. He liked experimenting with things. So he would do things like you know, invent a new potato gun <laughs> that could, you know, blow a roof off someone's farmhouse. Um, he loved nature shows, and that's something I definitely took with me. If you ask my husband what, like, a romantic night in is, it's laying in bed watching David Attenborough. Like, I would do that uh, me too, every girl. night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. What else about my grandpa? I think I, I have a very maybe innocent view of him. He he did suffer from bipolar disorder. And from what I gather from my grandmother, who who eventually had to leave the marriage, he could be rough at some at times, but I never saw that. Um, he was always really, really kind with the grandkids. I don't think back then diagnoses like that were, were common. Um, or maybe even accurate. Or that, yeah. So, you know, I don't think it came out that grandpa had bipolar till you know, till probably I was a teenager. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think my grandma had tried to make the marriage work for probably, you know, 10 to 15 years before she decided to leave. And she's been gone for about 10 years from the marriage. You know, he wouldn't, he was, he, he grew up in a different time. He grew up in a time where you wouldn't take medication unless your leg was festering or broken. So I don't think he understood mental illness, didn't understand like it, that it's 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 okay to take meds. It's okay. It's a legit thing. It doesn't mean, you know, that you're Still weak. Still that, that stigma. You're weak. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like for yeah. someone in that generation. Yeah. So he would do the thing where he would take his meds until he felt better and then he would go on a high. He, he tended to be, I think he tended to be more manic than depressive. 
Um, but when he was on a when he was on a high, then he would stop the meds, and then the cycle would, you know, mm-hmm. continue. He, uh, you know, the the stories now that I that I look back on and I think are so funny. You know, like the time where he um, decided he didn't trust electricity anymore, oh. and uh, <laughs> I had I had come home from university, and he and I was just visiting with them, and he said so. So what do you think about this this hydro business? And I thought there was some kind of like scandal, like some Ontario government scandal or something. And I'm like, what do you mean? What did you hear? And he's like, you know, electricity. What is it all about? And I'm like, like lights? Like, what do you mean? And uh, anyways, it was around that time or sometime after that that he decided he wanted to get rid of the furnace oh. in the house. So. When I look back, I think about these like, charming idiosyncrasies that, like, you know, my grandpa was so crazy, but actually my grandpa was so crazy. And, yeah, and uh, it, was, it was, like, it's, like, yeah. kind of funny for, like, from a, an arm's yeah. length, but, but now to that be I understand, dealing with it yeah. in a marriage yeah. where it's, like, we need a furnace. Yeah, now that I understand it was a mental illness, like, not so funny, but um, it's just how you remember things as a kid. Totally. Yeah. Well, I was very, very, very close with my, I, I am very, yeah. very close with, with my grandmother as well. She, um, like I said, she's still alive she's still kicking she uh is with another man now so they dated when they were young like 15 and uh my grandpa or my great-grandpa Flegel found out that he was catholic so they put an end to the relationship really quickly and then they didn't see each other for like 50 years and my grandma went to a um i don't know if she actually went to the high school reunion or there was just like a facebook page or, or something somehow his name was Don. Somehow Don found out that my grandma was going to be there or something. And I guess sent her a note. And I think my grandma has, because my grandma's a very Christian woman. So I think she has a lot of guilt around, uh, you know, leaving the marriage, especially when my grandpa was mentally ill. But uh, at the end of the day, like, she decided that, she, you know, life is short and she was going to, she was going to choose happiness. And I'm very happy for her that she, that she did that. Um, so she's been with Don. Um, you know, they I think they just wrote letters back and forth for a while and decided to meet up. And then she decided to leave the marriage. And then for a number of years after she left the marriage, she would still take care of my grandpa. Like she'd still go over once a week and do some cooking or drop off food or do the laundry. Or I, I remember even finding out that, you know, Don would go with her and Don would like do firewood and things like that. So they still, you know, she still took her her wifely duties very seriously. Which again is like different time. Yes. Like, can you imagine that someone doing that now? Yeah. God. And that she still she had that like allegiance to him or yeah. that loyalty. Yeah, because you know he's the he's the father of her children. Yes. So, you know, and I don't know if that's still something that's common in in today's culture. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. If my husband divorced me, I'd starve to death. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if you eat. <laughs> And I think she, I think she took my grandpa's death the hardest. Like I said, I think she had a lot of guilt, and I think she, she, I think she wasn't sure how to grieve because she had. I think she felt like she wasn't entitled to grieve as a wife. Yes, that's an um, interesting. That's actually a really yeah. sad position to be yeah. in. Okay, and then she felt like if she emoted too much, then it was disloyal to Dawn, and then you know she felt guilty because she wanted to comfort her children, but felt like you know is part of the reason he's dead because I wasn't there to take care of him you know what I mean so it was it was really um I think that was probably the hardest 
thing to watch was was watching her be unsure about how she was allowed to feel and being really a kind of uncomfortable it when we were at his his uh, he didn't have a funeral he had a um like a celebration of life thing and she was just she wasn't she was just a little scattered and at one point she was talking to my mother and my husband walked up to the two of them and she said maureen this is natalie natalie's husband danny <laughs> and my mom's like <laughs> are you okay and she's like oh geez oh I'm, I'm just i'm not even i'm not even th-. so she was very kind of distracted and so that was that was sad for me because i i would i would hope that she would just you know be comfortable and she, you can you can love two people like you can love people differently next you'll hear my friend dustin who tells us his grandparents love story my grandpa traveled around a little bit after the war, and then he returned to uh, Sydney to work in the bank. It was uh, the Bank of Australasia. wonder if it's still a bank. I don't know. But um, And there he met my gran, and her name was Faye. Well, her name was Margaret Faye, but we always called her Faye. And um, so he met her, and I think at some point he had been to Vancouver early in the war. Like, he came to Canada for training. I think he went took a boat to Los Angeles and up to Vancouver and then like a train maybe into Alberta. Anyway, so he came to Vancouver. I remember them telling me like, oh, you know, grandpa came to Vancouver and it was a nice, beautiful day and he thought it would be a nice place to live. And he said, you know, if it was raining, maybe I wouldn't have decided to come here because it rained so much, right? But um, yeah, so anyways, I guess, um, and also when he returned to Sydney um, because of, uh, you know, his skin grafting or whatever, I think that the doctor had warned that the hot weather and the sun in Australia is going to be maybe challenging for him just because they won't have sweat glands or something like it's just, it doesn't function like normal skin. So I think he liked the idea of living in Canada because he thought it'd be like milder climate and wouldn't be so harsh. And he wasn't super, he wasn't like a, a sun worshiper really. He was more like he liked fishing and and being outside and stuff like that. So I think it appealed to him. Anyway, so he decides going to move to Vancouver. And uh, I think at that time he had been engaged to my grand or proposed to her. And so she was going to come to Vancouver to be with him. But neither of them didn't know anybody in Vancouver. So it was kind of a big deal, like, just to leave Australia where you've lived your whole life. Well, especially for my grand, because she hadn't lived anywhere else and didn't know anybody. But um, so he came to Vancouver and um, I, he began a career with the CIBC, Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce. And um, my grand came over on a plane. I imagine it would have been her first time probably on a plane. So I wonder what that would have been like back in those, like in the 40s, right? Flying yeah. From Sydney to Vancouver. That just seems crazy. Yeah. Um, not that the people weren't already flying in planes, but just it would have just been different. Really good. And such a shock <laughs> would have been, for her. Well, think about the planes we ride on now compared to what the plane would have been like in 1948. Uh, Full of cigarette smoke. For sure, full of cigarette smoke. (laughs) The drinking and the smoking helped. The drinking and smoking helped you with the loud noises and probably, yeah. So anyway, so she came over, but I thought this was really interesting. Um, They weren't married and my grandma was very, very Catholic all her life. And my grandpa converted to Catholicism to marry her. I think he was Presbyterian or something. Because mm-hmm. my grandma's, my grand's family originally from Ireland. And I think my grandfather's family was originally from Scotland. So I think the Scots were Protestant and the Irish are obviously Catholic. Mm-hmm. So it was, I know it was an issue at the beginning. 
And then eventually he converted um, for her. But anyway, so she came over and she had to stay with a chaperone first because they were not married, right? They didn't want oh, them to stay. So they didn't live together? Not. They did, like, after they got married. But, like, when she first arrived in Vancouver, they were engaged, not married. So she didn't stay with him. She stayed with, like, a chaperone. So I don't know if it was who a family was friend. Who or was the chaperone? Oh, yeah. So it was, like, someone really she knew. Know. Yeah. But that's so interesting. So Imagine Your grandma has to be escorted everywhere so she doesn't, like... You know, yeah, like not like that. I just think I think the word chaperone meaning like just someone to stay with. Oh, okay. you know, like they were just good. You know, like it wasn't like she had to go everywhere with like an old lady following her, making sure okay. she's not good. sinning. I don't think it was <laughs> yeah, that extreme. Good. I think I think that was just the word they use. Okay, so I don't know. Anyways, but they did get married, um, and I, they got married like was very like they didn't have their whole families out here. I'm not sure. I feel like I've seen a picture of my grand and her sister as like a bridesmaid um, at her wedding. So I don't know if my my grand sister came here for that or not. But anyways, my understanding was they got married here at like a small wedding because they didn't really know a lot of people here. And then they went and they had their honeymoon at the uh, Empress Hotel in Victoria. Ooh, lovely. So, yeah. So I just like it just seems interesting, you know, like imagining them like young, like move to a new city, not knowing anybody, like completely different time. Like and then all like really good, beautiful memories. And like, and him and my grand, they had a really nice long life and uh, they died within a few months of each other. When my grand died, she passed away actually on her birthday, her 91st birthday. I know it was, it was interesting. And then a few months later, he, he passed away too. They were so in love, like their whole life, you know, and especially now, like that's just so rare, Mm -hmm. you know, like they would just, they would like walking around, like holding hands, even in their nineties, you know? Yeah, it's so lovely. It was still, their bonds were so strong for all those years. It's crazy. Do you have any advice for a long marriage or healthy marriage? Um, well, probably commitment would be a big thing. Mm-hmm. I think that Getting married is still a good thing. From I, I think it's still a good thing, um, especially if you have that commitment. Because if you're just don't intend to get married, maybe you think, well, maybe if it, you, it makes it easier to leave. Yeah. If you're not married and you just have a big fight or something, you maybe just say, well, this is it. You know, I'm not putting up with it. But I think if you're married, you get over it. There's one thing passes and something else happens. There's just, uh, everybody has their little tips, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Life is not always smooth. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to have a lot of give and take. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that I'm one that should be telling you because I know that nowadays that the kids mother and father both work mm-hmm. as I did but I was growing up in a house where the parent mom did everything mm-hmm. so dad provided and mom did the work you know mm-hmm. so there is no I don't think I've ever seen him pick up a dish or anything you know mm-hmm. so Nowadays, I think if you get into a marriage and you're doing that, helping each other, continue it. Yeah. Continue with it. Yeah, that's good advice. 
and make it make it a little bit fun once in a while. Yeah. Even if it's just like we do, going for a coffee over at Tim Hortons, or or take our gift cards from the subway and go and buy the sub, you know, meeting with friends and and just make every day count. Have a few outside activities. Yeah. Volunteer if you can. Love to see you go to church. Mm-hmm. I know you would. <laughs> for your own sake, if not for mine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's it just gives you a little bit of it gives you a little bit of security. It it's a personal feeling, so whatever works for you. Yes, I agree. Thank you for listening to Stories from Grandparents. If you have any interest in submitting stories or if you want to participate on the podcast, please send us an email at storiesfromgrandparentspodcast at gmail.com.